0: Storytelling saves the world. Storytelling saves the world. With Jessica and Jordan. All-
1: Welcome to the third season of Storytelling Saves the World, a podcast where you can find out more about integrating student movie making in your classroom. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Pack, and I'm here with my
0: fabulous storytelling partner in crime, Georgia Trelawy. Greetings and salutations. Jessica, it feels like forever since we've been together and recorded a podcast, like I almost forgot what we used to do, Um, but I'm so glad to be back.
1: Oh, absolutely! This is awesome. Well, for new listeners, Georgia and I bring a range of experiences to the show. I've been teaching middle school for the last seventeen years. Ooh, I get to add a year—that's big number. And I'm also a California Teacher of the Year.
0: Um, and I even have a bigger number. Um, I've taught thirty-three years. This is my thirty-fourth year um, in the, of classroom experience at the elementary level. And yes, I started teaching when ditto's were a thing. I am currently an instructional coach, and we've both been using digital storytelling in our classrooms for more than a decade. Are dittos
1: those copy machines with like the roller that you had to crank?
0: Yes, and they had this cool purple ink that was like cold and had a certain smell, and you always ended up with purple all over your hands and sometimes your clothes if you forgot. Yes.
1: Ah, That's awesome. I love it. (laughs) Well, we've definitely been uh, very passionate about using digital storytelling, and it's pretty much remained a pillar of our classroom instruction, even through the pandemic. So I'm really excited to get back to talking about our favorite topic and um, really the impact that it's had on our students.
0: But uh, before we dive in, because Jessica and I, I legit haven't really seen each other except over Zoom a few times. Uh, how was your summer, Jessica? Um, it was
1: good. It felt very, very short. <laughs> Um, We did a ton of great, you know, presenting over the summer, so I just tried to find little pockets of time to travel and to relax because I definitely think for all of us that we had a year of a lot of growth and like the learning curve was so huge. It was nice just to kind of rest my brain.
0: I absolutely agree. I think I like to unplug. Uh, We got to go to Kauai for a little bit and like, you know, unplug from all digital devices and just be and Um, that was very good for my soul.
1: Well, so we had a pretty exciting summer. uh, In terms of presenting, you want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, so uh, we got to present at ItsD 2021, which happened in June, I believe. Yes, it did. (laughs) Uh, And we were fortunate, we got to actually um, do three presentations, so um, we can talk about those in maybe talk about some of the things we went to that we enjoyed. But um, so the big one we presented was uh, storytelling saves the world, integrating movie making in your curriculum. And that was actually a lab where we had people create um, a movie.
1: Yeah, it was super fun. We got to share one of our favorite lesson frames with participants. And, you know, I think it's always important to have some of that hands on time, even in a virtual conference. So it was really, really a pleasure to be able to work with people from pretty much all around the world.
0: All that is what the coolest thing about ITSTI is. And we are not paid ITSTI spokespeople, but ITSTI does have people from all over the world. And so it's great to have all those connections and, and just, you know, people to steal ideas from and share. And so that's pretty cool. So the other one that we did was we did, um it was, t- it was called a poster session, but we still basically did a presentation of is film festival in a box celebrating your students digital storytelling projects and that's the first time we'd ever done that so I was excited to get to share how we've done film festivals over the past few years.
1: I think that was my favorite thing we did together actually because it's such a great topic to talk about that authentic audience piece and you know, a film festival is such like a big undertaking. I think people genuinely have trouble figuring out like where do you start and what does the timeline look like. And this really isn't something you can throw together in three weeks. In three it's exactly. got to be intentional. And you just have such great experience with that. It was really really fun to to be, and, to be there.
0: And as we were planning it, I realized the first year I did it, I I didn't have a timeline. And so it was good to sort of backwards map a timeline. <laughs> so going forward. You know, we can you know look to that and be a little more organized. I'm more of um, let me jump off the cliff and I'll figure out what the deal is on the way down, and but uh, you know for some things I wouldn't things wouldn't get off the ground if I didn't do that. So, you know.
1: Well, and I think it's valuable too in our district because our nonprofit for digital storytelling, um, you know, was a victim of the pandemic, so it's not really around anymore. But there's a lot of teachers who are trying to put together a secondary film festival there are school sites that are trying to do their elementary festivals again so it is good to like think about and open that dialogue for how to recognize student work
0: absolutely and then the last um, presentation we got to be a part of was the um, digital storytelling playground and I really I love this the playground model because it's very fast and furious it's about 20 minutes. And then people rotate in, and and I, we, you can do different topics in each group of twenty minutes. And I've enjoyed doing those the past year. We've done a couple different ones on um, assessment with haikus, and you know what's your angle explaining shots and angles. And um, do do you like that format, Jessica?
1: I really enjoy the rapid fire stuff. I find that my attention wanders sometimes as a <laughs> participant. <laughs> So I really kind of like the idea that we're using economy of detail and really boiling things down to the most essential points. And I think people are really like energized by the delivery of something so fast and furious. So I always think playgrounds are a really good time.
0: I, I, I agree. And and speaking of that, we have the uh, Creative Constructor Lab coming October 19th with itsD which has a similar format. So it's around digital storytelling and other topics. So if you're interested in all things, um, you know, computer, digital, that sort of thing, I would definitely check out It'sy's website and their, and their Creative Constructor Lab coming up October 16th, because um, you find lots and lots of great ideas in a rapid fire fashion.
1: Well, and I think that their live registration has sold out, but they still have the replay. So, you know, that's really the benefit of all these virtual conferences is that rewatchability. So definitely sign up for the replay and then you can go in and learn at your own pace, which is great.
0: Which is awesome. In your jammies, you know, on the weekend or something.
1: Okay. That is not legit. The number one thing I miss about distance learning. Yes. I don't miss very much, but I do miss my yoga pants and my yeah. body breaks. Like, oh my gosh, teacher bladder. It's a thing.
0: That's it's true. a thing. And sometimes the mute button. Sometimes I miss the mute button. <laughs> I have to say, we'll just be transparent about that one. Like yes. do you
1: come with an off button. <laughs>
0: So we're um we're excited that next year the ISTE conference 2022 is going to be in New Orleans in person, at this point. So that's exciting on many levels.
1: Oh, for sure. I am super jazzed. I've only been to one other in-person ISTE, and um I just remember it being like basically tech teacher mecca. It was just amazing, yes. and everybody's friendly. Like everybody's ready to make a friend. So it's not that's awesome.
0: At all. And it's New Orleans. Come on.
1: In addition to presenting, we have the opportunity to go to a lot of really great sessions at ISTE. And, um, you know, I think I had a lot of fun going to panel discussions, which I've never really spent a lot of time hanging out in before. But, like, totally transparently, I was on a panel discussion this year. So (laughs) I needed to know, like, how do they roll at that? Does it work? Yeah. Of going to them and then it's like I couldn't stop because I think it's that rapid fire thing again where you get to hear so many different opinions and ideas and I just really appreciated that so definitely check out some of the different panels at ISTI if you're using your replay
0: I um I know I, I am probably late to the party but I enjoyed I went to one um 10 things you can do with Canva and I never really dove into Canva before and so I've become a huge fan of not all, I mean, all the graphic design, but now they have the video option with like templates and things in there. And it's free if you're in education. So it's um, just, it's another platform you could use if you're making videos that have a lot of um, templates and things that are already made there. But, and some of the coolest graphic design stuff, I think you can do in Canva in a free platform.
1: Canva makes anybody look like a designing
0: it's amazing. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. So, now that you were keeping with the Easter theme, um Jessica needs to share some exciting news. This kind of it's related. So Jessica, why don't you tell us your exciting news?
1: Well, I'm super excited to announce that my new book called Movie Making in the Classroom, Lifting Student Voices Through Digital Storytelling will be available at the end of October. The publisher is Isti Books. So I'm Woo! super excited.
0: That is so awesome. I'm so excited for you and, and that we'll be able to have this you know, as a tool that people can use. But I, um, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about just the writing process and doing this. And I told Jessica earlier, you know, I'm like a 10 year old child. Like, like, how do you start writing a book? Like, 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 how does does that happen? And like, what do you, where do you start?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Like I had no idea going into it where I'm going to start. Like, to be totally transparent um, someone at ISTE Books found my blog and so they were like oh maybe this girl could possibly write I don't know so they reached out and um, basically like shared the process with me where you come up with a proposal and like a pretty detailed outline to kind of conceptualize the book ahead of time so that was like hugely beneficial to my process because I I do have a tendency to ramble, I
0: think sometimes,
1: <laughs> and I have never met a rabbit hole that I didn't love.
0: So. <laughs> I I feel you. I think I'm right there with you. So you were basically able to use your proposal outline kind of as your map to keep you on track.
1: Yes, and one of the the things that they emphasized that I just really appreciated was um, bringing in other voices so that there's um, an equity component and just elevating the perspectives of others so that it's not just me in my little echo chamber of self. It was great to collaborate with a lot of teachers and I think I did like probably a dozen Zoom interviews with colleagues um, and it was just really great to hear from a huge range of of grades and content areas just kind of like you know how digital storytelling looks in their classrooms and i think that'll be really helpful to people because sometimes when you read professional development books you're like oh this sounds great but it doesn't apply to me like i right. have trouble connecting it so i'm just really excited for people to see that
0: so what's something surprising you learned from all these interviews like any takeaway that you weren't like you weren't anticipating
1: um I don't know that I wasn't anticipating it, but it was very validating to hear how much every single teacher I talked to just was in awe of what the opportunity to make movies did for their kids. And so, you know, sometimes, especially at the secondary level, we get like super wrapped up in our content because we teach English because we love English, right? Right. And yet we love kids too. And so sometimes that, human element can get a little bit lost in the shuffle or lost in the day-to-day or the minutia of you know making copies and like all the right everything else yeah so I mean pretty much the feedback I got from all the participants was it was so great to sit and talk about what this means to my students and what it's really done for my classroom and just like be able to reflect and focus on that piece it's very affirming
0: how about the writing process, like writing a book and and just you know dealing with the publisher and your editor and all of that? What are some surprising things that you discovered in that process?
1: Okay, so um, I was really surprised by the amount of rewrites that you do, which makes total sense in retrospect. But as an English teacher, I'm like, man, my grammar is pretty good. I got this. <laughs> And then it was like, oh, my first round of feedback. Like, it was actually really, really smart the way ISTE Books runs it. I I don't know if other publishers do this the same way. They probably do. Um, But just having a round of peer review first Mm -hmm. was incredible because it gave me the perspective of like how what I was talking about was going to be received and what points I needed to clarify. Like, I did not do a good job explaining some of what I was saying at first. So I really felt like the more times that I went through revisions, because there's that peer review, then there's like a copy editor revision, and a project editor revision. Um, It just really helped me sort of crystallize exactly what message I wanted to put out there. And, you know, certain pieces of the book really evolved over time, so that now it's something I'm really, really proud of, and I think it will be useful for people to read.
0: That's, I love that idea of the peer review. I wonder if that happens in like regular publishing you know somebody's publishing you know you know non-fiction fiction because I would think that would be super helpful for having discussions even in fiction you know this plot doesn't make sense here and you know and having that collaborative workspace rather than being all by yourself isolated and you know crying over every word that people want to have changed. <laughs>
1: Well, and you know, that's what we ask our kids to do too, is we put right. feedback at like the center of everything that we're doing. And, you know, it makes sense to me that in an adult process, you would need that also, especially in something that is such a like lengthy type of proposition. It's like, oh my gosh, you definitely need lots of different sets of eyes. So that was just really well supported and really well done.
0: That's so cool. Anything else about the book writing process you wanted to share?
1: Well, it was just really fun to delve into the research of why storytelling works. So I got to explore in kind of the brain science of storytelling and really read about that and the impact that stories can have on our learning and the way they influence our behavior. Like that was just super, super fun to research. And also like thinking about the history of storytelling like we had started that conversation with Alex that first season of um, Storytelling Saves the World and just to be able to take time to really explore that and think about, you know, sort of the long term echoes. Because
0: we we talked about like going back to caveman times with the paintings on the wall is like right what we're talking about.
1: Absolutely and like just reading, you know, sort of the history of cinema too and that the first sort of motion pictures were actually played in theaters with an accompanying orchestra, so you know just the idea that we've gotten from there and from you know Sumerian tablets and all those early forms of writing, we've we've got all of that, and now we're at this place where like it's so accessible. anybody can tell anybody stories.
0: can do it. So I have to tell you a fun fact. This is totally random. Um, my grandmother dropped out of the eighth grade to play in the silent movies because they would play on the piano or the organ. All of the background music was live. And that was her job, you know, during, you know, depression era kind of stuff. And, you know, my family's super musical and everything, but I always thought that was kind of cool. Not that she dropped out in the eighth grade, but back then, you know, you needed to go work if your family didn't have money. And um, that was her job. So she
1: super cool.
0: Yeah, I always thought that was kind of cool. So she, you know, towards the end of her life, she had dementia, but she could the last thing that left her was her playing the piano. So, you know, I could ask her to play, you know, the stuff she played at the movie theaters. And it was all that stuff, you know, your dan, you know, dan dan, 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 dan dan, you know, all that cool, you know, you know yes, the Yeah. Girl yes. on the train tracks and yeah, all that stuff. She remembered all that. That was kind of cool.
1: Well, she probably had muscle memory, like helping her actual. Oh, I'm sure
0: that's true. I'm sure that's true. Yeah,
1: that's so fun. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely really excited to hopefully get some feedback from people as they start to read. Um, There's three different sections to the book. The first section is kind of starting with the why of storytelling, and the second section talks about process, and the third section is different lesson plans or lesson frames that teachers can use right away in their classroom. So we'll
0: we'll make sure that we put the link um to ordering your book on the Storytelling Saves the World website. And maybe we can even get some chat going, um, you know, around that or, you know, we can do another podcast around it, maybe get some people to read it, read it and have some discussion. And I think that'd be cool.
1: I love that. That's great. All right. Well, Georgia, I have to say that I really miss playing five and sixty with you. I do too. I totally love the whole rapid fire conversation. So I think we should play around. What do you think?
0: Should we do our timer? again? Okay.
1: Yes. Let's try for 60. Like if you're a long time listener and you've heard other seasons, you know that we almost always go over 60. Yes. But gosh, it sure is a fun challenge.
0: All right. We can do it, Jessica. We're going to, you ready? I'm going to hit the timer and ask you the first question. So okay. here we, here we go. Jessica, what is your go-to drinker activity when you
1: get writer's block? I'm going to say a glass of Rose and sitting in the sunshine until I can get my thoughts straight, or maybe just drink enough Rose that I don't care anymore.
0: Good answer.
1: All right. What are you enjoying most about being face to face with kids again, Georgia.
0: Uh, I just love their energy and enthusiasm for being back, and I love walking around campus and having all kinds of kiddos, you know, shout my name across campus. They seem excited to see me, which is nice, you know. You don't get that a lot in your real life, so
1: <laughs> the rock star component
0: of being yeah, exactly, a teacher. exactly. Uh, Jessica, what piece of equipment you it, you couldn't live without this year?
1: You know, in the pandemic, we made a shift to WeVideo for my um, news production class that I have at the end of the day, and it's really been a positive change. So we're actually keeping that same system so that we can use the synchronous editing and have those common, um, you know, groups that we can make edits in. So definitely hanging on on the video. What is the funniest thing a kid has said to you so far this year, Georgia?
0: <sighs> um. I think, I think it's not so much words that were said, but just the um, expression of seeing me live and in person, because so much of last year, because I'm a coach, I only saw them via zoom. So they only saw me, you know, from kind of the neck up. So seeing me as a full blown human, I think for some was like, you know, they almost, it was almost like someone came out of their TV and wow, you're alive and you're here. What? I've only seen you on Netflix. I mean, that's right. (laughs) That is great. Watched every season. <laughs> All right. What are you binge watching? What are you binge watching on Netflix or any of the other channels?
1: Oh my God. I'm super embarrassed to answer this, but I'm it's going okay. to be super honest. And I have just jumped on the bandwagon of Shaws of Sunset, which is a trashy reality show from Bravo. And I can't believe I just admitted that I'm watching that, but I am. So there's
0: that. That's that's like that, um, you know, sort of that guilty pleasure of, you know, it's so ridiculous, but it feels good because it's not like our real life. So I don't think you have to feel sad about that.
1: Oh, and it's crazy because my husband runs from the room. He's like, when it comes on, I'm not watching that, but my dad will sit there and watch it with me. My retired father lives with us for listeners. So he is so into it. He is like, oh, that girl's no good. He's like legit following along.
0: (laughs) You know what? You're not hurting anybody, right? (laughs)
1: That's so true.
0: I think it's all good.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, that was fun. Hey, um, I heard a rumor that you pulled
0: some Storymatic cards. I did. And so our storymatic cards are, our place is a laundromat. Our person is a nudist.
1: That's fantastic. Oh my gosh. That could not have worked any better than if
0: you cherry picked them. I I know, I know. Jessica and I like things that don't make sense, so that's good. So, Jessica, I'm making an executive decision. I'm going to do the middle. You do the beginning and the end because you're the author and you have more experience with writing on the fly, so. Oh, (laughs) is the pressure. The The pressure. pressure. So, a nudist in a laundromat. Done. And we're right. supposed to do one minute. I'll try the timer again. We didn't make the five and sixty either, but that's okay. It's about having aspirations, right? So
1: it is. Yeah. I think everything about this podcast is aspirational. It's
0: aspirational. <laughs> that's probably true. That is true.
1: All right. Let me okay. know when we're ready.
0: Okay. Um, you start and I'll hit the uh the timer.
1: Okay. On a random Tuesday, Georgia decided to go to the laundromat to be able to wash her clothes because her washer was just on the fritz and it was terrible. And as she walked into the laundromat,
0: she saw a very strange sight. Seated in front of the dryer was a naked man. And I, I instantly was kind of like, what? Because I don't usually go to the laundromat. But as he was sitting there watching the dryer go round and round, I had to ask him, sir, you're naked in a laundromat, what's the deal? And he said, oh, well, I'm a nudist, that's why I'm naked. And I'm in the laundromat because... I couldn't
1: afford the airfare to the closest nudist beach, so I decided that this was the next best thing. And with that, he got up, took his newspaper, folded it, and gave Georgia a little show as he left. <laughs> <That's> i <fine. laughs> Oh yeah, did we make it? 60 seconds. We made it. We made it. We made it. Well, I got to tell you we had quite the emotional current running with that particular story, beginning, middle and end. Good job we, us.
0: We did.
1: <laughs> that is fantastic. Can you imagine if that was real?
0: Like you legit went in a laundromat and there's just like a naked person there? That all I could think of was maybe he's naked but he wears socks. Like, you know, like that's the <laughs> thing. You know, so he's there to wash his socks because, you know, he he will wear socks in his sandals, but everything else is like free and out there. That's
1: fantastic. I love socks with sandals. I always <laughs> see someone wearing socks with sandals and I'm like, yes, yes, I get you more. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably admit my husband wears socks with sandals. <laughs> he always asks me, does this look good? And I'm always like, yes.
0: Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope I, he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, my dad always wore socks with sandals, but I, you know, I, you know, some of it was like vascular issues and other things, and so I used to be very judgy of you know people that dress like that, and I think after like experiencing stuff with my dad, I'm like, you know, you do you, people. <laughs> it's so true. I don't know
1: if it's like the magical age of, of 40. Like I'm pretty close to it now. I've got like, I
0: don't know, eight months,
1: but that must be the cutoff point where you just stop caring. <laughs> yes,
0: just- Yeah. there is, you know, age is empowering. I'm telling you, you hit um, 50, which, um, and all of a sudden I felt like I don't really care what people think anymore. You know, I'm going to say what I feel. I'm going to do what I want. And, um, and it's very, it's very empowering. It's free. You have
1: always marched to the beat of your own drum. That is the thing that I most admire about you. Oh, thank you. I love working with you <laughs> because you got your own little like one man band going on.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, right back at you, sister.
1: Woohoo! <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us on our first episode of the third season of Storytelling Saves third the World. Third season. Yay, three seasons in. Although second season was more like a blip and not really a full season. Right,
0: season-ish or season light. We will do better. (laughs) We will do better.
1: Our show notes can be found on our website, storytellingsavestheworld.com. And hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, because, you know, hanging with us is pretty fun. It's always fun. Uh, please leave a subscribe or a like or something on our iTunes or our SoundCloud and give us a little review to let us know that our voices are not going out into the void.
0: And if you have an idea for a podcast, please email us via the contact form on our website. We'd love to hear from you. Again, that's storytellingsavestheworld.com. Until next time, what's your story?